Hello and welcome to Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue on Feed, Play, Love. Chris comes to us every week to answer your questions, whether it's on settling your baby, feeding your baby, sorting out toddler behaviour issues. Whatever your question is, Chris is here to help you. So... If you'd like to get in touch with Chris, there are a number of ways you can do it. You can call us on one 543 if you're watching us live on Facebook. And of course, if you are watching us live on Facebook, you can pop your comments below the video and we will attempt to get to as many as possible. Chris, first we're going to start off with a question from Tess. She, This is a... Um, quite a hard one for her she's got a five month old and she says my baby has been a good sleeper until about two weeks ago has been waking every one to two hours in the cot with the so she had white noise in the bassinet and then when she transitioned to the cot she also had the white noise but it hasn't made a difference the baby's still waking up more fussiness at bedtime sometimes one to two hours to settle especially if i'm not home at bedtime for feed to sleep um, they trans- transitioned to the bassinet from the bassinet to the cot about a week ago. Yeah. Retried in bassinet for one night. Yeah. The baby slept well. The five-month-old slept well. Also tried using a dummy, but it hasn't helped much. Apparently, he hasn't used a dummy for about two months, but used to use it very a lot as a neonate. Yeah, as a little one. As a little one. Uh, day naps are three, 30 minutes each in new cot without a problem as long as fed to sleep. Always cat nap during the day since born. Now, we have feeding information. Do you need that or is that enough? Um, at the moment, I think what we can see here is the significant thing was um, feeding to sleep, but he actually has very short day sleeps. Yes. So, you know, three 30-minute sleeps, he's already a little overtired bub by the end of the day, and that's not enough. So if you think that the average day for a little one is about 12 to 13 hours long, he's only getting an hour and a half sleep in that time. And the second thing is the cueing. So the cueing is feed to sleep. So how this all works together is that as the day goes on, he gets tighter. The feeds that he has um, are more of a nurturing feed than a good, full, you know, hearty, suck, swallow feed. So we could come back to that feeding information. And so therefore, when they go to bed at night, they wake up more frequently in order to feed and they feed really well overnight. And the second part of that is the feed to sleep. So when he wakes, that hour to two hours that you're talking about, that's the sleep cycles at night. And he's waking. He will need a feed to go back to sleep because of the association. Now, you've got some information about the feeding there. So mm-hmm. what do, do we know about the feeding? So uh, it's, she, he's mixed fed, so two-thirds formula, one-third breast, yep. up to five 150ml bottles, sometimes less, never more. The rest are breastfed. He's more of a snacker type feeder, yeah. smaller, more frequent meals still every three hours. He started solid two weeks ago due to his interests, taking a yeah. mixture of uh, rice cereals, small amount of protein, fruits, yogurt, peanut butter, and egg also introduced. No allergies. He eats wow. well, loves food, but some constipation that was treated with coloxal yep. and, reduced, and then reduced the solids. So right. you were right about the snacking in terms of milk, but he seems to be eating quite well. Yes, so that's what's happening. He's eating too, far too much. Like uh, two weeks, he was four and a half months old, and he's had his entire food selection in two weeks, whereas we would only be giving him rice cereal full stop. 
For two weeks? Yeah. Oh, okay. So he's got chicken comes in a bit later, Mm -hmm. about six months. Mm -hmm. So there's been a lot in his system. So lots of food, which you've reduced. Somebody must have explained about reducing it. We don't know how often he's having that. So we'd be giving one meal. um, And you're right about the bottle amounts. There are about 150 meals with an evening bottle being more. So I think the other thing that's come into this is the chaos of the milk and food ratio that could be going on for him. So how often does he get food? Where does it sit in relation to that bottle? So if we look at a five-month-old, just to give this a little bit more rhythm, they tend to have four bottles, four milk bottles in the day and one meal. At those first three bottles, which is morning, mid-morning and lunchtime, they'd be about 150 mils. Then solids in the late afternoon with a two-hour gap before the evening bottle. And that evening bottle for him would be more like 200 mils. So there's that part of it. Am I getting too much milk at night? So I eat less, drink less in the more in the day and then eat more solids and that's throwing the pattern out. And that's really common when babies start solids because people don't give you very much um, guidance as to how to start solids. And he certainly has started it with everything and anything. And then the other thing is he's not getting much sleep. So he's a very overtired baby. So I would take this in two steps. So the first step is regulate his milk in the day um, and where his solids sit um, and then the second thing is we need to teach him to sleep without feeding to sleep because ultimately that is the problem. Where, regardless of where you put the milk and the, and the food, that ultimately is the problem because he's confused. So he doesn't know, I'm going to suck to sleep to go to bed, plus I get these bottles across the day. So he's, I think he's a bit confused. So if we go back to the basics and go get into the rhythm of feed and then awake for about an hour and three quarters, two hours at the max, and put him down for a sleep, we need to then start teaching him to resettle. So this is a really big thing. It can get really overwhelming. Go back to the basics, start with the rhythm, and then build up his sleep pattern. And feel free to come back to us as yeah. well, Tess, so that um, if you need any tweaks after that. We can we can sort of modify it for you. Chris can help you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now let's see if Fiona is there now. Fiona with a two-year-old. Hi, Fiona. How are you? Hi, hi ladies. Good. How are you? Thanks so much for taking my call. It's no, a pleasure. Just a quick one with my little one, Chris. Um, um, he's going to turn two shortly and he'll be starting um, like a little two-year-old, you know, kind of kindy program. Yeah. Um, and it like goes from nine to eleven. Yes. And he doesn't obviously goes to bed about twelve or not twelve thirty. Yeah. It's going to be a rush for me to get home, have lunch, and pop him to bed. Is it going to matter if I push him out till one one thirty for a sleep? Is that going to muck everything? My my beautiful. It'll me it'll up? muck up when he goes to sleep at night. Right. So okay. he needs. So if he goes to bed at one one thirty, how long is yeah. he sleeping for at the moment for you? You mean oh, how long is he sleeping yeah. in that sleep? Yeah, yeah. he sleeps for about. Anywhere between two and two and a half hours. Yes. Yeah, so then he yeah. wouldn't be getting up until 3, 3.30. Yeah. And he needs five and a half hours before mm-hmm. he goes to sleep. So he's going to bed at nine o'clock at night. No, that's too late, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> By a long shot, oh, Fiona. No. We, didn't, we didn't design him so well <laughs> to go to bed at nine o'clock at night. No. So we... Uh, so if he finishes at 11, mm-hmm. how far away? Why, why does it take so 11. long to get him into bed at 12.30? I'm just wanting to feed him lunch and then get him in because by the time I drive home, it's probably taking you know, a good 15 minutes to drive home. Yep. Have Give him, lunch. Yeah. Quick lunch. Do you reckon I, oh, I might be able to make it? Oh, but. no, you can make it. 
make that motivation 1230. Yeah. So your yes. motivation. You so can get on. one of those timers when he eats. <laughs> say, mate, yeah, yeah, you've got that like, half an hour to eat. I think you've got plenty of time because he's two. He doesn't need a lot. Like, yeah, okay, you so know, you just have day, to. Just yeah, but like, maybe. Quick. How many days is he going to do this? Just one. It's only on a Wednesday. One oh, day. I so wouldn't worry about it. I'd just yeah. get him a little lunchbox, pack his lunch up so that he can either eat it when he's finished or you can get home and it's ready to go. Yes, You'll be yes, home yes, by 12. Yes. He eats for 20 minutes and, then, you know, okay. dawdle him off to the bedroom and put him down for a sleep about about 12.30 yes, and obviously. get him up by 2, 2.30. Yes, uh, we try and we do that definitely. So yeah, no yeah. later than yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to have to just like be a speed mum and do it. You can. You don't even have yeah. to speed, Fiona. I think you'll be amazed by the wisdom of a two-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I know it's so true. But Chris, thank you so much. Oh, for it's a, You're fantastic. That's a pleasure. No worries, Fiona. Okay. Anytime. And, then, and thank you for the uh, encouragement and words of wisdom. <laughs> no worries. Good luck. Pleasure. Thanks. Thanks, Bye. Fiona. We have a direct message from Alana on Facebook. She says, I returned to work at the beginning of September and placed my two and four-year-old in childcare. They both loved it and are thriving. They go every Tuesday and every Thursday. But for the past four weeks, my two-year-old's behavior on a Friday and only on a Friday has become very bad. He's hitting biting and throwing things and causing injuries to his sister and mum. I'm so unsure what to do. Childcare says he doesn't flip out like this there and he's perfectly fine on a Monday and Wednesday. He sleeps well after care, so I don't think it's a factor of tiredness. Any tips on how to navigate this difficult time would be great as I'm beginning to lose my mind. Well, the fact that it only happens on Friday. So something's going on at daycare on Friday. Well, he's not at Friday. He's with her on Friday. So he goes on the Thursday and then on the Friday when he's back with her, that's when he acts out. He's tired. Yeah. He is tired. So it's probably just the momentum of the week that's tiring him, not the actual event on the day. So does he sleep less at daycare? Um, Are you maybe pushing him on a Friday? I would have Fridays a home day, a down day, you know, pottering around in the backyard making mud pies or something like that, sort of taking the pressure. So is there something that you can do on the Friday that sort of relieves the ability? But the overall, the overriding fact will be he's tired. So usually at daycare they sleep less. He might only be getting 40 minutes where he was getting two hours. And so that collectively makes him very tired on the Friday. So I would go with quiet Friday mornings and spending some time with him. And it's easy to get distracted. If you've got a four-year-old that might be doing a ballet class and he's been, you know, pulled along to the ballet class where really what he wants to do is stay at home and build a tower. So have a look at what's happening on that Friday. But the overall behaviour will be coming from tiredness. All right. Good luck with that, Alana. This one comes from Ellie, who has a three-year-old. I have baby number two due in a couple of months, but I'm having some sleep dramas with my almost three-year-old. The first is that when I put him in bed after our solid routine of teeth, two books and cuddles, he will come out of his bed 10 times before finally (laughs) relenting and going to sleep. I do threaten to close his door, but feel awful having to do it. The second is that he wakes during the night and screams for me, his mummy, to go and lay with him, come into our bed. But I am the only person that can tend to him. If my husband goes in, he flips out and screams. It's getting harder for me to do due to being pregnant. And I'm also worried that when we have a newborn, his behaviour overnight will wake the newborn up. And that's from Ellen. 
Okay, Ellie, the one thing that's missing from here is that we need is what time does he go to bed and is he having any day sleep? So I'm going to assume that he does have a little bit of a day sleep and that he might be going to bed a little bit early because the two behaviours that you are talking about do run with children who are having a bit of a sleep in the day and maybe going to bed too early. So for a three-year-old, he could be having just 20-minute and 40-minute sleeps or maybe even an hour's sleep, and that's going to be too much in the day, and that's why he's running out to you from the bedroom. So hopefully he gets up somewhere between 6 and 7 in the morning. I would be putting him to bed at 7.30, um, and I'd be making sure that with this behaviour that you've got now, that I'd take away his day sleep. So if he didn't have this behaviour and he had a day sleep, that's perfectly fine. But because of this behaviour of him sort of running out and running out... So that's the first thing I'd consider. So maybe is it time to get rid of the day sleep and put him to bed between 7 and 7.30, depending on how he is that day. And the second thing is what do you do around the behaviour? So when you put him to bed at night, just a gentle reminder, we're staying in our bed tonight. And if you get out of bed, daddy is coming back to you. So you're the magic wand. You're, you're the prize because you come and you lay down with him. And you would do is the more pregnant you're getting. And that's, that's sort of becoming the problem. So the prize, which is you, needs to be there, but daddy needs to, to walk in. So if he comes to the door, then daddy takes him back, back, back. That early walking to the door, another good one, put the baby gate on the door and leave it open. And if he comes out of the room, then we're going to put him back in and shut the doors, shut the baby gate. So the door's open, but the baby gate's there. That's really good with three-year-olds because you've got a bargaining point. I can't open the door and come in until you're back in your bed. So you need to get back in your bed before I can come in. So you can then go in and you can give him a kiss and walk straight out again. In the middle of the night, it needs to be dad. And the other reason for that is there's a baby coming. You need to get up and feed the baby. You need to go to hospital to have the baby. He needs to have some sort of connection with um, your partner or your husband to be able to put him to sleep. So I don't think this will take long. Um, I spoke with a couple on Friday and we changed one thing, which was actually about listening to our bedtime explorers and she slept through every night since. Yeah, so you can also try that, Ellie. Yeah. Bedtime explorers, so find first, it on your app. Yeah, so first thing is to adjust his day, make sure all of that's in place first and then if he's just laying there, you know, getting in and out, you can um, download the from the podcast, the Bedtime Explorers. You put a little Bedtime Explorer on. It's a little story that he listens to that might have a bit of meditation involved in it. And usually it gets them to lay still. And when they lay still, they'll go to sleep. Mm. So it works really well. Don't put it on in the middle of the night. The middle of the night, he has to go back to sleep. So that I think is about dad and maybe the gate. Mm. It should fix itself pretty quickly once you work out where the behaviour is coming from. Good luck with that, Ellie. Certainly hope it fixes before the second baby arrives. Chris Minogue and Helpline on Feed Play Love will be back answering more questions right after this. When you become a parent, you enter an exclusive club, one that only other parents can truly understand. I spent a lot of time running and yelling names. Come back, get back here. But I bought him one of those backpacks that had a lead, like, you know, a monkey one. Because it doesn't look as bad. Yeah, like a disguise. (laughs) The Parent Panel is a weekly podcast that invites adults to ponder the big questions of looking after small children with more than a bit of humour mixed in. Join us for The Parent Panel wherever you get your podcasts. 
Now back to your questions with Helpline and Chris Minogue. This is a question from Madeline on Facebook with yeah. a six-month-old boy. If my six-month-old bub wakes up in the middle of the night and struggles to resettle for a bit, like an hour or two, but goes back to sleep and sleeps till 9, 9.30, should I be waking him earlier to get the day into the pattern it should be, or should I just let him sleep? I should also mention we've had a lot of problems with sleep. That's from Madeline on Facebook. I think if you want to... To fix the two hours awake in the middle of the night, you're going to have to wake him up earlier so he has a longer day so that it could stop him from waking up at night. So the more you let him sleep and collect that sleep back up again, I think the more the problem will go around the circle. So what I would do is not go from him sleeping till 9.30 to suddenly waking him at 7. What I just do over each three days is pull it back. So then for the next three days, you wake him at 9 in the morning and then the next three days, 8.30, then 8, and all the way back to about 7. So if we can pull that back, he's going to have a lot more done in the day, which might solve the problem of being wide awake for two hours in the middle of the, in the, middle of the night. So give that a go, and that's probably going to fix the problem. All right. This question comes from Josie on email. My daughter's three and a half years. She hasn't worn nappies at night for the past four months. However, we always lift her around 10 p.m. for her to do a wee. She has probably had about three accidents in bed since we stopped night nappies, none recently. At what point should I stop lifting her? She always wees before bed at seven, almost always wees at 10 p.m. and she only drinks from a cup at home. Occasionally, she'll take herself to the loo around 5.36 before heading back to bed for another 30 minutes minutes or so. Can I just say I love that she goes back to bed after waking up at 5.30 for a wee? Even I can't do that. Oh, no, I can. Um, (laughs) This is a tricky one because it's almost like you're getting the pattern of teaching her to do a wee at 10 o'clock at night. So when you've got a spare weekend with nothing else to do but change sheets, um, I would give it a go. So I'd start on a Friday night. But there's one thing you could put on the bed so you're not changing all of the sheets, and that's called a brolly sheet. And if you look it up, um, children's brolly sheets, they're quite colourful. They go over the bottom sheet, but they're an absorbent mat. So if she had an accident, at least it's going into this absorbent mat. Um, And then I'd do a gentle reminder. So the first night you go to do this, you've taken her to the toilet just before you put her to bed. And then I would say to her, um, if you need to go to the toilet in the middle of the night, mummy's going to leave the light on. So do the same thing she does at five in the morning. There might be a hall light or the bathroom light. So that, and see if she can get up and go to the toilet. But if she wet for three consecutive nights in a row, then I'd go back to lifting her and putting her on the toilet at 10 o'clock. But I have a feeling that, She's just getting into the pattern of doing that and she could possibly go through the night. Mm. This question comes from Jade on Facebook. I have a 13-month-old who, since she was six months old and teething, began waking up multiple times through the night. And now, over the last week, she has decided we are no longer having a day sleep, no matter how much I try. (laughs) Even when I go for a drive, she just will not crash out. She has been starting her day at 8 a.m., which I know isn't probably helping the day sleep. This has only been since daylight savings has started, but I do try for a day sleep between 11 and 12. But it's always unsuccessful after nearly two to three hours of trying. I feel you. God, that's painful. If she doesn't have a sleep throughout the day, she will then go to bed at 6.37 p.m. If she does have a day sleep, she will sleep for two to three hours. But later that night, I'm battling with her until Mm. 9.30 p.m. to go to bed 
even when I know she's extremely tired. Up until now, she has had a great routine, 6.30 till 7 a.m. wake up, two naps, three and a half hours after waking and in bed at 7 p.m. I'm currently pregnant with our second and this lack of sleep is now taking a toll. Any tips to get her sleeping routine back again? Wake her up. Wake her up in the morning. You've left her too long in the morning. She needs five and a half hours from when she wakes before she's going to be tired enough to go to sleep. So that puts her more in the almost one thirty, two o'clock before she's even close ready to go to sleep. So, and then she needs another five to five and a half hours on the other side. So that's where you get that 9.30 window when she does take her sleep. So she takes the right amount of sleep. She's just pushed her day out. Wake her up. So people are so hesitant to wake children up, but actually this is what happens. So again, like I said for the previous one, although that's the answer, that's not usually the kindest way to do it, is first you've got to get her sleeping back in the day. So from when she wakes today, if you're listening, about five to five and a half hours before you even put her in the cot for a sleep. And then when she wakes from that sleep, five to five and a half hours later, put her back down to bed, no matter what time it is, nine. Because what you're doing is probably putting her to bed at seven because it's the right time to put her to sleep. She's not tired, so she complains and carries on and learns all this different behaviour. So let's set the parameters back in and then slowly, every three days, move her day back by half an hour. So, the, you know, tomorrow or the next day, wake her up at 8.30 and then five and a half, or sorry, it'd be 7.30 and then seven and then back to 6.30. And I bet she takes her one sleep for two hours before this newborn baby comes to oh, life. Man. Now I'll be trying that. If <laughs> yeah. you can get to that place, Jade, that will be You'll amazing. <laughs> okay. This is an email from Fiona with a 22 month old. Since weaning at 10 months, he was generally generally easy to settle at night and would sleep through. Definitely by 16 to 18 months, he would be in bed by 5.30. We would read a book and I would leave the room and he would put himself to sleep, stay asleep all night and wake between 5 and 6 a.m. He has continued that pattern with dropping one of his day naps a few months ago, now having one daytime sleep, going down between 11 and 1 and staying asleep for one and a half to three hours. Last two months, bedtimes have stretched from 6.30 till seven. My issue started six weeks ago when he, one, fell and sprained his ankle, uh, but everything was all right. They went to the doctor and two, husband and I went for a five night baby moon. He was left with parents-in-law whom he adores. No issues with sleeping at that time, went down easily and slept all night. However, (laughs) since we got back, very clingy for three weeks. I can't leave the room now without him crying. Often won't go to sleep for daytime nap unless being held to sleep. And night times, he holds me hostage until he falls asleep. Plus, we have nighttime wake-ups for two to three weeks post our return. One, did I break him going away? I feel like he now thinks we might up and leave him again. Poor kid must feel like we've abandoned him. Mm. Two, what's the nicest way to get him back to self-settling himself to sleep? I've sat with him while he goes to sleep at night for the last few weeks to try and make the wake-ups less through the night, which has worked, but now I want to start moving back to him self-settling. I have the next baby due in late December, so I wanted to try and get this issue resolved by then. Nothing more motivating than a second pregnancy, yeah, I is know. there? <laughs> Bigger you get, the faster you want to cure the problem. I think it wasn't you going away for five days because he continued being that. I think it's what happened when he came back emotionally or when you came back. And I think emotionally you might have moved to the, oh, we've left you for five days. 
I'm going to assume he's in a cot and not in a bed because it's sort of, it doesn't say, but I assume at 22 months he's still in a cot. And I think you're going to have to do a little bit of gentle, get all the timing right, which sounds about right for him, put him down for his day sleep. He is going to carry on a little bit and he's loud and he's 22 months. So the next thing I do is some really gentle reassuring. So pop him in his cot and put the chair near the door because that's been working for you. And then um, put him in the cot, but only leave him for a couple of minutes so he doesn't get too worked up so you can't get him back down again. And my key to this is they respond to fathers or, or partners better than they respond to the main caregiver, in this case you. So put him down, give him a kiss, cuddle, put him down, time for sleep, walk out, give him about two minutes so he's not too worked up. And then just go to the door and say to him, I can sit on the chair if you put your head down because he sort of understands that much. So as soon as he puts his head down, sit on the chair and then sit there for a little bit and then actually say to him, mummy's got to go now to whatever. they do have. You have a long list, dishwasher, shower, toilet, a whole long list and I'll come back and then leave. Then give him another couple of minutes, a little bit longer, three, four minutes. Then come back, sit on it and say, put your head down. I'll sit on the chair. And what you're doing is slowly getting him to actually lay down because that's the hard thing about this age group. If they're up and crying standing, it's really hard to get them to go down. So the first thing is to teach him to go down because I think then when you actually only leave the room and you're not going to go back and sit on the chair, you'll be able to say, put your head down. And once he can put his head down, he will then go off to sleep. So I think you need about a weekend to try and turn this back around and get him to self-settle again. Okay. The next one is from Grace. How much on Facebook? Hi, Grace. How much awake time should a three and a half month old baby be having? Oh, I'd say around an hour and a half. I'd be certainly thinking around an hour and a half. I'd be watching that little baby and seeing if there's any sleep cues like um, yawning, whinging, jerking movement and pop them down to sleep somewhere in that hour and a half. It could be a little bit later. It could be a little bit earlier depending on how well they sleep in the day. Okay, and our last question for today is from Lucy, who has an eight-month-old. Yep. There's kind of two parts to this. The okay. first part is any advice for how to teach, how to start teaching her eight-month-old to be gentle? She keeps grabbing at people's faces, pulling my hair, and trying to grab our cat's tail. Is that even possible with an eight-month-old? No, no, you just have to. So usually, when they do that, I yep. just hold their hand and, and bring it away and just say the word "gentle." But they don't really know that. It's just fascinating to them, especially a cat tail moving. It's just like, oh, yeah, I'll go catch that. Poor cat. Yeah. Poor cat will learn to run really quickly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Then uh, in terms of sleep, she says, any tips for how to resettle her now she can crawl around the cot? I've tried guiding her head to the mattress, but that lasts about a millisecond. We end up resorting to a cuddle and rocking until she's quite sleepy and then I put her down awake. But that doesn't work at all for extending her naps or when she wakes at 5am ready to start the day. For context, we night weaned her recently to completely remove the association between boob and sleep. We went cold turkey and it worked much better than I expected. She's now sleeping from about 6.30pm till 2.30am, has a quick resettle, then has started waking up at 5 My partner or I spend 30 minutes to an hour trying to get her back to sleep before we relent and get her up at 6am for a feed. I then pop her down around 8 and try to work to two and a half, three hour awake windows, but her naps are super irregular. The best day we've had so far is two one hour naps and a half hour afternoon nap. 
The worst day was two 20-minute catnaps, and we've had everything in between, although her longest single nap was only about 90 minutes. Bedtime varies between 5.45 and 6.30, depending on how her day has gone. For my own sanity, I don't try to resettle her after her first nap, but I will spend up to 45 minutes trying to get her to sleep again after she wakes from her second nap after 30 or 60 minutes. I've only been successful once. Okay, so I have a feeling that the way she goes to sleep in the day and what happens at night are probably two different things and she's a little bit confused. And the second thing is she's eight months old and I'd probably be keeping her up for two and a half to three hours and usually the sequence that I use is that first window is two and a half hours. So if she gets up at six, I wouldn't put her down before 8.30 and that might be where the struggle's coming from because if she goes down at eight, she's not tired enough. So she's fighting you until she tires out. You can go to three hours, but three hours is probably the maximum. Then the next window, three to three and a half, then the next window, three to three and a half, which sounds like what you're doing in the later part of the day. I think the mistake here is not getting her to go back to sleep in the first sleep at the moment of the day because she's overtired by the time you go to put her down in the second sleep. So I would use your sleep strategies um, of leaving her for a little bit going in, lay her down, give her a few pats, tell her it's time for sleep and then try and sneak back out of the room. I'd only stay there and pat for as long as it takes just to calm her down, which could be five minutes. If she rolls away from you and goes and sits in the corner, because that's their favourite little trick at this age, they roll away and say, now come and find me, I would just walk out and leave her for a couple of minutes and then go back and try it again. So it's this little bit of in and out that might be going on for you, just so she gets the idea that you've come to help her, but you're not going to stay if they're playing, if you're playing or she's playing. Um, and I'd be consistent with doing this. So get your timing right. I think that could change a little bit in the day for you. And then look at the message she's getting. Make that consistent and we should get a little bit more um, length of sleep during the day, which is going to help your nights. All right. Well, that was our last question um, on this episode of Fee Play Love. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Oh, it's a pleasure. And if you're watching along via the Babyology Facebook page, a big thank you for all your questions. We'll see you next week. This has been Helpline on Feed, Play, Love, hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt. If you want to ask Chris your questions for the next episode, you can email them to us directly. The email is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.